Welcome to Best Bad Movie Ever, a podcast about terrible movies and the people who love them. With your hosts, Tom Ryman and David Christopher Bell. Okay, uh, hello everyone. Hello. Oh man, welcome to another episode of Best Bad Movie Ever, the show about terrible films and people who love them. I'm your co-host, Tom Ryman. I am your other co-host, David Bell. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Hi, Adam. Hey. Hello. I'm, I'm so happy <laughs> the show is back and that I am on this show again. Yeah, Me man. too. Yeah. This is very uh, exciting. We're, do- we're doing it via Zoom because mm-hmm. the world's on fire. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, there's no there's no other more appropriate time to discuss the movie that we're about to discuss, which was released quite literally when the world was on fire. Well, just a ago. very <laughs> just a very specific part of the world, right? <laughs> um, Adam, what, what 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 tell tell the people tell tell the kids at home what movie you brought to defend today? I am very excited to change minds about the 2001 Mariah Carey film, Glitter. Mm. Yes. <laughs> this is, uh, I'll say right away, Yeah, not a great movie. Like, I, I'm not here to... Adam, I want to tell you, I 100% agree with you. <laughs> same, same here, same here, same here. But here's the thing. This movie, like, it's not great, but you have to take it in context with one the accompanying soundtrack, which I would argue is actually not only pretty great, but it actually, the problem with the album is it was just ahead of its time. <laughs> uh, because if you listen to that album and then listen to what pop and R&B music becomes for the rest of the decade, it's kind of the glitter album. Like people mm-hmm. were mad that she had a bunch of guest artists on it. Everyone has a ton of guests on their albums now. Like it was uh, just a little bit ahead of its time, but it's not, it's by no means a bad Mariah Carey album. It's actually one of her better albums. And the thing about it, like when are these movies ever that good? Like it's, it's basically a star is born, which is. Yeah. That, that really struck me when I'm watching it. I was like, oh yeah, this is just uh, a slightly, it's a star is born with a slightly happier ending. I right. haven't watched A Star Is Born, but it, it, it the, I, I mean, the issue with this movie is that the first hour of it is, can, you just can get rid of that hour. Uh, you can, you can, you start, you start the film, you, you, you give you, you give yourself like the first 10 minutes and then you like fast forward until like an hour in when the movie starts. Cause well, I, I, I agree that this isn't a terrible movie. Um, it's just lacking like content like there's there's very little conflict don't you don't you care about her tumultuous relationship with, with dice? dice with fucking dice <laughs> with fucking dice fucking dice look i well, feel for dice <laughs> well the movie the movie also spoilers it introduces the mother element at the end which i was like well that's way more interesting like uh, that's there's your conflict i don't give a fuck about dice <laughs> Uh, well, her so- mother, her mother is the conflict. See, here's the thing: you can't appreciate this movie as a standalone thing without also you have to view it as a sort of biography of Mariah Carey's life. This is Mariah Carey's Purple Rain, and here's the thing: I'm going to say something that a lot of people <laughs> won't like. Purple Rain is a terrible fucking movie. Right. It is so bad. It doesn't hold up. Under the Cherry Moon is 50,000 miles better. I fucking love Under the Cherry Moon. (laughs) It's so good because it's Prince. It's a more realistic picture of who Prince was as a person. Whereas Purple Rain was Prince trying to be really pretentious and dramatic about his backstory and about the fact that he was kind of an abusive asshole. And he's kind of an abusive asshole in the movie. Like him and Morris Day throw a woman in a garbage dumpster mm-hmm. at one point. They like, sure do. Like purple, if you have room in your heart for Purple Rain being a good movie, you need to watch Glitter because <laughs> it is a better movie. 
I, I don't argue. think you. I don't know. It's just that there's something about that phrase. You need to watch glitter. <laughs> really- I, I would argue people should watch glitter. I think glitter is a very misunderstood moment in American I'll, pop I'll agree, culture. I'll agree history. with that. Cause like all the, this, this movie has like an abysmally low Metacritic score. Um, it got terrible reviews and several people citing it as one of the worst movies ever made. I don't think that's true. No, I don't think that's true at all. I think Mariah Carey does a good job. Yeah. She's fine. Mariah uh, Carey's a good actor. Like she I'm was into in it. Yeah. Precious. She's in a movie called Wise Girls, I think, that came around mm-hmm. around the same time that she got a lot of accolades for. I think right. people wanted to hate this movie because of her very public breakdown. Right. And and just how, how people just in general kind of want to... Well, it's, it's actually, that's interesting. It, I was about to say people in general kind of want to hate Vanity Projects, but not when it's a dude. Exactly. Right. Everybody, everybody fucking loved 8 Mile. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and here's the thing. 8 Mile which, is good. Like It is fine. good. It's fine, yeah. Also, it's it's a vanity project, but it also has them like, uh, having sex in like less than 30 seconds, if you remember that scene. I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not that van- that much vanity. Right, like he, yeah. He, he portrays himself as a terrible lay. Uh, <laughs> and like... I, yeah. Kind of just a shitty guy, but I get, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's hard to compare the two because I would argue that eight mile has conflict and, uh, knows how to be a movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that's probably not the best example. Yeah, I was yeah, just, yeah. I was just, I was pulling one out. Um, I, yeah. I think purple rain is a really good comparison yeah, for yeah. this movie. This is almost an homage to purple rain. It's Mariah Carey making a not completely fact based telling of her origin story mm-hmm. uh, set to eighties music. So yeah. is dice Tommy Matola? I think dice is meant to represent I think Dice and Terrence Howard both represent Tommy Matola. <laughs> Can we talk? And the conflict, here's the conflict in this sure, movie, sure. which is the same conflict Mariah Carey had in her early career when she was under the control of Tommy Matola. This is a movie about Mariah Carey finding her roots. And that's why the mom thing comes back at the end. Because that's kind of the conflict the whole way along. Like, they they at least touch on it a little bit. And that was the same thing Mariah Carey kind of struggled with while she was recording under Tommy Mottola. Her musical output was really controlled and directed toward one thing, which was mainstream pop music. But she grew up, she was born in Queens. She grew up in New York when rap music was becoming a thing and that was always her background and she was never allowed to express that until she was able to break from Tommy Matola. and I think that's what the movie is getting at the problem is just that it's not a great movie yeah right. it's, no it's, that is the number one problem with this movie it's it's, it's very boring <laughs> it is it's boring yeah, yeah and that's uh, the thing because Mariah Carey's story is kind of boring like, well, aside from Tommy Matola, like she just spent her high school years writing and recording songs. And then she leaves high school, goes to New York and within 18 months has the best selling album of the year. This is sort of my overall problem with biopics, um, especially when it I guess you could call them vanity projects. But when it's like like Walk the Line is another one where they do biopics of someone not necessarily because their life's interesting, but because they're famous. So they're like, well, we have to do something. Walk the Line felt that way to me because like I watched I haven't watched that movie in a while, but it was just like, yeah, he wrote a bunch of songs, got famous, got like a pill addiction, gotten some fights. Uh, this is just, this is anybody's life. Like it's, and I feel right. like this movie was trying to, uh, make it more interesting, but not, it felt like they were uncomfortable with just lying. Like they should have just made her like an FBI agent hunting a serial killer <laughs> who gets a musical career. You know, like if they're gonna, if they're gonna name her something like, what's her name? Billy, Billy in this? Billy Frank. And they're gonna have Terrence Howard shoot dice. Spoilers. I want to talk dice. about that scene for about five hours. <laughs> Terrence Howard. <laughs> I've brought this up a bunch of times. Terrence Howard is the most fascinating aspect of this movie. He is portrayed as the villain for wanting the $100,000 he was promised. Yeah. Right. And then 
That's Dice it. Dice beats the shit out of him. <laughs> like he he jumps him and kicks his ass, and then just leaves him alone. Like yeah. you can't. I'm sorry, you can't jump Terrence Howard and then expect he's not, and then not expect him to show up and shoot you in the fucking heart. Right. Like, yeah. What else? What else was gonna happen? Was gonna end. <laughs> he sees him on the street. And he like walks up to him, like he's gonna say something right. to him. And then Terrence Howard just blows a hole in his chest. Yeah. As one would, rightfully yeah. so, yeah. I would argue. Yeah, I was pretty sick of Dice at that point, so I was like, "Thank you, Terrence Howard, for yeah. getting him out of this movie." Terrence, w- Terrence Howard is a treat. Throughout every time he shows up, I'm like, "Yes, this movie's good again." Because it yeah, really cause is just kind of Terrence Howard and the music, and Mariah Carey's fine in it. Like, here's the thing. I'm never going to convince people this is a good movie because I don't think it's a good movie myself. I think it's wrongly viewed as one of the worst movies of all time when it's not I, even yeah, close to I, that. Like I've I never don't seen understand that. I've never seen Britney Spears Crossroads movie, but I mm-hmm. guarantee it's fucking worse than this. Right. Like Terrence it's, Howard doesn't shoot anyone in the chest in Crossroads, I bet. What if he does? What if he does and we just don't know because we haven't watched it? Then we, then we have to pick up the conversation again at that point. And it's yeah. a conversation I want to have for sure. Just in the middle of Crossroads, I'm like, wait, is that Terrence Howard? <laughs> Terrence oh, Howard he's got playing, a gun! Playing himself. <laughs> yeah. We did a... Uh, <laughs> We did a talking at the movies episode about glitter, which is where we just, you know, watch a movie and talk over it. And mm-hmm. I had just gotten a, a shaker, like the thing you play on stage, an egg shaker. Mm-hmm. And I used that. It was the Terrence Howard shaker. Anytime he was on screen, <laughs> I started shaking that. I wish I still had it. But yeah, Terrence Howard is a delight in yeah. this movie. And the, the way that whole internet, just for people at home who I, I suspect a lot of people are still not going to watch this movie, but no, <laughs> Terrence Howard approaches Mariah Carey and her two friends. One of them delightfully portrayed by nineties rapper, the brat, uh, about forming a girl group with Padma Lakshmi of all fucking people. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever seen her in another movie, but she's very prominently featured in Glitter. (laughs) And he approaches them about joining a girl group with her. And Mariah Carey at first is not having it because Terrence Howard is giving off severe Terrence Howard vibes. Yeah, (laughs) right. At that moment. And she picks up on it. But her friends eventually talk her into it and she forms this girl group with uh cooking show sensation Padma Lakshmi and Terrence Howard uh turns out in the early 2000s ghosting meant a whole different thing yeah yeah well actually this is supposed to take place in 1983 (laughs) oh right right yeah (laughs) right remember yeah it does take place in 1983 which is (laughs) I would honestly say this movie succeeds as a period piece oh yeah as like a as like a I felt like I was in 1983 I felt like they captured it. Yeah, they really did. Part of the reason they capture it so well is the music that you hear throughout the movie. It all sounds very throwback 80s and specifically to that period of the 80s, like early 80s New York. And that's all music from the motion picture soundtrack Glitter. Those are all fucking Mariah Carey songs. There are some bangers on that album. (laughs) I... I appreciate how unironically they enjoy the style of the time and the music of the time. Like, I feel like it's easy to do something that takes place in the 80s where they make a little, like, they make fun of it a little bit. Yeah. Like, Black, have uh, you seen Black Monday on no. Showtime? I would no. argue the costume uh, choices on that show are kind of what Dave is referring to, where it's, okay. like, flamboyantly 80s. Right. Where, like, there's a need to apologize, to be like, no, it was, yeah, it was fun. Like... People who existed in the 80s and who unironically enjoyed the 80s are now having this feeling of like, you know, it's like it's like with the 2000s stuff, because that's also a very embarrassing time uh, when this movie came out. The early 2000s style is just like, oof, it's not good. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. A lot of yeah. Hoobastank t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of frosted tips. 
so the ghosting thing back then just meant uh, using someone else's vocals and making it seem like a prettier person is actually singing it, which was actually a very common practice, especially right. in the 90s. It's hard to believe it in this because it's Mariah Carey. <laughs> Right. Like I thought what was happening when he's like, oh, turn, down, turn up her vocals. I was like, I thought he was going to be like, okay, and she's the star now. She's the star. Uh, right. Instead, he's like, we're going to use that piece of trash's voice over there. Right. Uh, and it's yeah. like, she's fucking Mariah Carey, right. dude. In, in what universe would they hear somebody who looks like Mariah Carey and sings like Mariah Carey and are like, hey, uh, let's get that. Let's just use this trash bag's vocals. Yeah. <laughs> and not make her I the star. They, it's like she's obviously the star. Yeah, they, they tried to explain that away by uh, Padma Lakshmi being his girlfriend. But even then, you just break right. up with her and right. you start dating Mariah Carey. <laughs> yes. Obviously. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And Terrence Howard. <laughs> Terrence Howard is definitely a jerk in this movie. But fucking <laughs> shoots dice in the heart. Well, t- <laughs> <laughs> I agree that I was happy every time he was on screen because I knew something interesting would happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because it was like he's the best actor in the movie. And so he, every time he shows up, it's like, yeah, now we're making a movie here. We got Terrence Howard rolling in, looking real pissed off. <laughs> it's uh it's 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 the best part. Yeah, and before Terrence Howard, well, no, Terrence Howard comes into the picture first, but we also have to talk about Dice. <laughs> yeah. Who's fucking Dice. N- name I didn't even bother learning until the movie forced me <laughs> to learn it because he's such a sleazy piece of shit and yeah, I hate as, him so much. As soon as he as soon as they go to that party where he's he's just wearing a, an open shirt and just nothing underneath it, like he just has his shirt yeah. open, I was like, I can't wait for Terrence Howard to shoot this guy in the heart. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't he have a necklace at that point that says he dice? He sure does, Dave. Yeah. Oh, he does sure it say does. dice? I thought it had like Chinese symbols on it or something. I think it had... Uh... It probably says dice in Chinese symbols. <laughs> Who, who tells people to call them dice? Like that's it's not sense. Um, don't breathe. <laughs> when the, the person texted, they shot money. Have I had oh, such yeah. a strong reaction to a character's name? <laughs> like get this guy off the screen right now. I'm not tolerating one more second of dice. Fucking dice with his band. <laughs> yeah. So his xylophone. <laughs> <laughs> he seduces her with a marimba solo. Yeah, <laughs> he sure does. Dice. It's hard. It's hard to feel like sympathy for her character because it's just like, well, he's a dude named Dice. Yeah, like I, I, you chose. You chose this. Well, it's 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 weird that they try to have that that be part of the drama of the movie is like oh she's heartbroken over breaking up with him because by that by the time she finally breaks up with him he's such a piece of trash it's just yeah. like why i'm not sad like Here's, why would i be sad that she's that uh, about dice being on his own now <laughs> fuck that guy this is where the movie i think fails in the first hour because that's when they should have spent uh that time letting us like want want them to be a couple billy and dice like we uh, <laughs> billy and like dice. The, the, it's, it's what this the movie first... should have been called yeah <laughs> billy and dice. but that first hour is spent like oh look how tough it is becoming extremely famous and rich uh and they try to hide the fact that she's getting a lot of money because she's like staying at her friends if i was her friends i'd be like you're paying our rent right like you're crashing here like yeah you're well, using up our guest room or where our couch once but- again this is all stuff that makes way more sense if you take it in context with mariah carey's career and how she was discovered because it is like she was living on a couch with a bunch of friends at the time and some rich powerful dude just kind of took her under his wing and helped her career along but as that relationship progressed it got more abusive and toxic and you see that in the movie too where he starts becoming really controlling about uh her showing skin in her photos that was a thing tommy matola did him becoming really controlling about who she works with and what kind of music she makes 
That's also a thing Tommy Matola did. So I, I honestly think they were trying to relay information about what happened to her under the Matola administration right. without directly implicating Tommy without, Matola. Without getting sued. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, and I feel like they should have focused more on that. It's it's hard because if they did focus on that, then yeah, we'd feel if they made him even more of a monster, then we wouldn't we would care even less when he gets shot in the heart. Uh, <laughs> if you if you take it in that context, still he wouldn't have been a monster when they met. Like right, not not to her. Like it probably took a while for her. And even when they got divorced, I'm sure she was still sad about it. Right. I guess I just needed more more there because that's what that's the thing is the only thing I cared about was her reuniting with her mom because she seemed that was like genuinely a sad story uh, that I, I wanted to see that, you know, her talking about like her seeing that homeless woman on the street was really effective. Yeah. Uh, the woman singing because it's like, where is my mom now? And like that, re- that was really good. And just fucking dice keeps sticking his head in the drama <laughs> like hey what's up i'm dice i'm here too and it's like get out of here dice get out of here dice. no one cares about you yeah and oh, fucking dice we needed we needed to care about dice more because i think it would have been more effective for when she plays her madison square garden show it's hard to feel bad at, for her there because i'm like well all your problems are solved dice is out of the picture you're doing great but also Dice made her dreams come true. Yeah. That's what he promised her at the beginning of the movie was you'll That's play true. Madison Square Garden. So That's she's true. she's obviously going to feel a little conflicted about it. What I didn't like is that the movie wanted me to feel conflicted about Terrence Howard uh, agreed, sometimes aggressive collection practices. <laughs> but at one point, Dice's sleazy ass approaches Terrence Howard and is like, you got to let that girl out of her contract, which uh, from a legal standpoint, no, he doesn't like, yeah, they have a contract and Terrence Howard makes a reasonable request. He says, <laughs> fine, a uh, hundred thousand dollars and she's out of her contract and you can work with her. And they agree to that. And Mariah Carey's let out of her contract. No one gets beat with a baseball bat or anything. That was, yeah. <laughs> and then Why for the rest they- of the movie, Terrence Howard is made to look like the villain for wanting that hundred thousand dollars, right? What? Why didn't they just give when 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 Dice leaves in a huff? Um, when she tells him that, yeah, I knew it wasn't what was happening, but I was imagining Dice just like, okay, I'm gonna go give him his hundred thousand dollars because, yeah, what? Why not? Why not just give him his goddamn money? Right? Because uh, like at that point of the you movie, you probably earned enough. Right? Like at that point of the movie, she's they famous. have like a huge single. She's on MTV. At least she's on the rate. It's like, yeah, you can probably get a hundred thousand give him his to, <laughs> or, to or punch gonna, him on the street just give him the fucking money yeah or he's gonna take you to court or possibly shoot you in no, the heart no yeah <laughs> he's gonna shoot you in the heart man it's That's terrence exactly howard he's, he's not taking do. you to court there's only one way that dispute there's two ways that dispute ends you give him his hundred thousand dollars or he shoots you in the chest yeah Probably through your open shirt because you're a yeah. fucking douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> fucking dice. R.I.P. Dice. I love that they they turn on the news uh, at at Madison Square Garden when she's late, and like it just happens to like every time they turn on the news, it just happens to be right at the beginning of the news story. Yeah, and then the lady is like Julian Dice Black was found shot yeah. to death. It's like they wouldn't know his name. <laughs> Yeah, they never explain why he's so famous. Right, because he's the, like, even if you're, like, a really, really famous producer, like, the average music fan doesn't know your name. 100%. So it's like, I don't know. (laughs) And especially at that time, like, producers, like, in in the 80s, it was, like, Phil Spector was probably producing all those songs. (laughs) <laughs> who will also shoot you in the heart <laughs> exactly uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so they yeah the the scene where johnny sleaze seduces her with that marimba solo <laughs> in his apartment i feel his like highlights world one of the music band <laughs> what are you doing dice <laughs> oh my god Sorry. peter gabriel's kid what the fuck is this <laughs> I did appreciate that side of dice. 
<laughs> that he was like clearly just like a shitty musician. Yeah, but he was like a he was like a music nerd. Like he he played all the instruments. Right. He's um, just, his songs are garbage. Right. Which is just I think more evidence that he should have just given Terrence Howard the money. Like he's not a tough guy. He's just a guy who calls himself Dice. Yeah. Who plays fucking xylophone? <laughs> like this. Yeah. Of course you're gonna get your ass shot. <laughs> Yeah, she even says, is that a xylophone, like for kids? Yeah. No, it's a marimba. I don't think he yeah. had an accent, but he looked like he should have had an accent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But no, that's a xylophone, if- sir. That's an adult xylophone. Yeah. It's a large xylophone. <laughs> it's it's an adult man xylophone. Yeah. My, I think my favorite interaction that Dice has in the movie is when she's talking to the, the other artist at the party, and, and he calls him Deuce. He's like, okay, Deuce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's pretty great. And, and see, you, can, I, you, can, you can see his chest start to get all red because his shirt's open like a dipshit. Yeah. And He's getting all mad. Sorry. I think this is the part where they really shift into trying to tell the Mariah Carey, Tommy Matola story where, you know, he's they're, they're both kind of equally famous to start or she's lesser of a star, obviously. And as it progresses, she like her star grows and. The other guy is obviously not as famous. At, like, Tommy Mottola is never going to be as famous as Mariah Carey. And in this movie, Dice is clearly getting outshined by Mariah Carey, as he should. And he starts to, like, act out over that, which is a fucking tale as old as time, where a lot of times when you have a man in a relationship with a successful woman that man will start acting out in a way that kind of brings that woman down. And that's what you see a lot with, that's what I think they're kind of getting at with the relationship between Dice and Mariah Carey. Like, especially the part where she bails on... Saturday Night Live. Yeah, a late night show performance to go bail him out of jail. I think that's kind of what they're getting at. It's just... it. Yeah, for sure. It's just, movie, again, it's not that great of a movie. <laughs> right. If Dice was based off a real person, this movie would be a, it's a real passive aggressive fuck you to Dice, I think. Because I do think the point of the movie is to make her seem good, but clearly he's bad uh, in the sense that like, I mean, first of all, his name is Dice. Let's just, let's put that on the list. Um, and he's, yeah, he ruins her big, her Saturday Night Live uh, appearance He's an asshole, but they make it like he's never he never redeems himself. He no. just does stupid shit. And then at the end, she like sheds a tear like he's a dead dog. And then she <laughs> plays her Madison Square Garden. I think the idea is they don't want to make her a sociopath. But I do think like Mariah Carey, if she had any input in this, like I don't whoever Dice is based off. I think she hates Dice. Well, like. I th- I it's, think it's her trying to look like the better person making the high road like and I loved him and oh oh poor Dice and it's like yeah but Dice is a fucking idiot who got shot in the heart by Terrence Howard. Well I think uh, Dice is at least partially based on Tommy Matola. Right. And I I I don't know that background but based off this movie I assume she hates Tommy Matola. Well uh Tommy Matola was a hugely powerful record record executive who met Mariah Carey when she was fucking 19. He had kids who were old, daughters who were older than her and was married at the time and promptly divorced his wife and married Mariah Carey and basically was a controlling, abusive nightmare for about seven years while they were married. And then she finally divorced him. And we haven't even gotten into the role he actually plays in the production of this movie and album. Like, his abuse towards Mariah Carey carries on throughout the production of Glitter. I just want to get through this fucking movie first before we right. get to I was all waiting that. for you to say that he was shot in the heart by Terrence Howard later. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is kind of telling that, you know, in real life, she just divorced Tommy Matola. So the, the natural course of action in the movie would just to be like, break up with dice but instead dice gets shot in the chest for being an asshole and we put dice in the ground instead (laughs) which she probably would have preferred yeah it's uh that what you just described seems more interesting than this movie 
it's it's one of those things that I think uh, a movie like this is is I don't know how because she didn't write it, you know. I'm sure she was consulted. Um, right. But a movie like this, this is why I think vanity projects um, bug people sometimes. It feels transparent in that it feels like it's again I. I'm not saying this is what it is because I don't know how what say she had with it, but it's one of those movies that feels like it's like, look how great I am. Everybody thought I couldn't do it and I did it and fuck you. Fuck dice. What a piece of shit. And I, I made <laughs> fuck it dice. like it, 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 it has like hints of that hints of like an artist sort of like working something out uh, that they should be saying to a therapist through a movie. And I think that's pretty much what this is. Like what's, What's really crazy about this is this project started out as a Sony project and Tommy Mottola was still an executive at Sony when she started this project. So she was basically making a movie loosely based on their relationship, which by this point, everyone knew he was trash. Like she had, they had gotten divorced and a lot of things about the divorce and the relationship had come out. But they were still on the same record label and working together. So this kind of started out as some Fleetwood Mac shit where (laughs) she's making this whole album and movie about this relationship. And the guy involved in the relationship is eventually going to have to like sign off on it. And he doesn't sign off on it. What he ends up doing is uh, actively trying to sabotage this project. That's why she got out of her record deal with Sony. She still owed them one more album and Glitter was going to be that album. And in the process of recording this, she the the first single is a song called Lover Boy. And that song, if you watch the trailers for Glitter, the song is different than it is on the album. And the reason for that is she was uh, intending to sample a song called Firecracker by a band called something like the the Yellow Something Orchestra, Yellow Magic Orchestra. Sure. And Tommy Mottola found out about this somehow. And he goes to the publishers of that song and he gets sample clearance for Jennifer Lopez to use it. And he and Jennifer Lopez rush this album out, which is Jennifer Lopez's second album, And one of the biggest singles from that album is a song called I'm Real. And the sample on that song was supposed to be the sample on the lead single from Glitter. But because Tommy Mottola found out that's what Mariah Carey was doing, he went and sampled the song also and gave it to Jennifer Lopez. And the producer, the publishers of the song have confirmed that not only did Mariah Carey clear the sample first, She was the first musician to request to sample that song. So it was kind of a big move on her part. Like that's, that's a big part of making music, especially if it's sample based music, you want to find samples that not a ton of people have used. So Tommy Mottola was actively spying on her during the production of this and stealing her ideas and giving them to Jennifer Lopez. And what's crazy is Jennifer Lopez and Mariah Carey have this huge feud because at one point Mariah Carey was asked if she, uh, like she was asked her opinion about a bunch of different singers. And they said Jennifer Lopez. And she goes, I don't know who that is. Sorry. And like she was trying to take the high road because she could have said, oh, you mean the woman who conspired with my abusive ex-husband to steal songs from an album I was actively working on? And that part never comes up in any of these stories about her feud with Jennifer Lopez. It's never mentioned that Jennifer Lopez worked with Mariah Carey's abusive ex-husband to sabotage this fucking project. And that is the thing that led to Mariah Carey having that breakdown. That, like... At the time, people mentioned that, but I think that part is kind of lost to history. What, like, um, yeah, what are like, dice? Was, what was the breakdown? I don't know. I don't keep up with this stuff. I I should know. I think I've said this on a podcast. Um, first ever concert I went to was Mariah Carey as a kid. Like, I'm not. I don't. I don't ha- uh, hate Mariah Carey, but I don't pay attention to people like this she was, and their their personal stuff. Like, what was the breakdown? She was doing a lot of publicity uh, for the movie in the early part of 2001, um, and she just started doing 
Adam will probably remember more specific things, but she just started saying and doing very bizarre things. Well, the, um, yeah, I, I think even the the breakdown incident, if if you go back and look at it, it's so tame compared to things yeah. we've seen from celebrities. Now, basically what she did is she showed up on TRL on one of the hottest days of the summer and took her shirt off, but she was just wearing like tight fitting clothes underneath it and started handing out ice cream to the kids at the TRL studio. The and fuck is she, wrong with that? Nothing. That's, and yeah. she like she was being a little rambly and the problem is they had set it up to make it seem like it was a surprise thing like Mariah Carey just showed up at the MTV studios like that like they would let that happen like sure right. she's Mariah Carey but they're MTV they'd be like get out of here crazy lady yeah no this I, was it was all pre-planned and Carson Daly was supposed to act surprised and at one point he goes Mariah Carey has lost her mind and people were like yeah she has huh but she didn't do anything that weird Right. Whenever I hear breakdown or meltdown, it's always stuff like this where it's like it, it's stuff that we completely understand if it's someone like like it just sounds like human things. Like I'm not saying they're good, but like when just Justin Bieber pissed in a mop bucket, it was like, oh, yeah, that's like something a, a drunk 20 year old would do. Uh, it's not good, but like it's not like particularly egregious. I guess it's because since they're rich and it's hard to sympathize with them because they have everything i get that but yeah that doesn't it doesn't sound like anything that you're describing which is like yeah it's, oh yeah maybe she was on drugs yeah cool. that's that's kind of what like I'm, I'm reading through the wikipedia it's just like she had a couple of public appearances where she was just kind of rambling um saying strange things she posted a couple of strange voice mail messages on her website that were quickly deleted and then she was checked into a hospital for exhaustion and something else. Yeah, so she had some issues. Yeah. To work through, yeah. I, I don't know, like, she must have, like, signed an NDA or something, but, it, like, you never see it mentioned now, but I'll, I'll link on the Unpops website to an article where it's very explicitly stated, an article from back then, that what drove her to that point of exhaustion, and there's actually rumors that she attempted suicide at one point. She was in the hospital for two weeks, I think. Mm. And it's mentioned that the thing that drove her to that was Tommy Matola stealing her shit and giving it to right. Jennifer Lopez because he did it twice. The, the song I'm Real by Jennifer Lopez, the album version, is the one that sounds like what mariah carey's lover boy song would have sounded like there's a remix version that's way more famous that has ja rule on it which i know way more famous but has ja rule that doesn't <laughs> right. add up right but that version of i'm real is an exact copy of a song mariah carey recorded with ja rule on the glitter soundtrack called if we and what's really shitty about it is not only was Mariah Carey's ex-husband actively conspiring to sabotage this project. The producers that she recorded both of those songs with are the same producers that made the Jennifer Lopez songs. Tommy Mottola, and it's Irv Gotti from Murder, Inc., who was uh, the head of the record label Ja Rule was on. And Tommy Mottola reached out to him and was like, Hey, that song you just recorded with Ja Rule, I want you to do the exact same thing, but make it the remix to that I'm Real song. And this motherfucker was like, okay. And people wonder why Mariah Carey had a fucking breakdown. Like right. everyone involved in this project was fucking working against her. It's the definition of gaslighting. Yeah. Like it's that yeah. it's that's the thing. Like we I think about this like during this period when there was so many of these like freakouts where no the public never like thought like maybe we should look into who's around this person. Yeah. <laughs> like what like is someone helping them? Is someone doing this? Like is this there's clearly like especially when it's over and over again and it's like it feels like somebody's exploiting this person. This, yeah, it was this, like a few years later. With it was the same thing with Britney Spears, where everybody's like, "Oh my god, yeah. can you believe what Britney did next?" It's like I think maybe we should look into what's going on here. Yeah, or like Amanda Bynes, like yeah. where it's like they clearly are having mental health issues, um, and no one, and like it keeps happening, and it's like uh, some somebody might want to help 
like or we should look into because the real scandal is of course like we find out years later are always like the, the powerful people who are behind the scenes doing something oh, well, or at yeah, least with, most of the time yeah with with amanda Bynes, it was like one of the producers at nickelodeon ever was a huge child molester exactly it's stuff like that where like they try to warn us they try to say something and everybody's like oh they're freaking out and then we learn like uh, it, it feels like this is the decade of us going back and like cleaning up uh the, the, the one the one i wouldn't mind looking into is randy quaid like when he and his wife went on the run and he was like there are people trying to steal our fucking money and they do it professionally like that's just organized crime like of course that can happen and we were like shut up no one does shut that up to Randy Quaid you maniac <laughs> and like in the in Tupac's FBI files hard right turn here uh there is a, a thing about him being targeted by someone whose name is redacted who was working in uh, conjunction with the Jewish Defense League to extort money from famous people. And Tupac and Eazy were both targeted in this scheme, which I think was being run by Suge Knight. That's like the implication. But that's a thing that happens. And like, yeah, these breakdowns, people don't break down for nothing. Like sometimes it's drugs and mental health, but sometimes oh, there's yeah. forces working against them. Yeah, sometimes it's Mel Gibson uh, and the forces he's claiming is just the Jews. But like other times it's people who are legitimately like in a corner who just don't see like, you know, there's. And sometimes it's people getting terrorized by Mel Gibson. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's there's two kinds of breakdowns. There's the kind where it's fucking Mel Gibson and there's the kind where it's like Britney Spears, where it's someone. Yeah, where it's either someone who's had way too much power for way too long or someone who doesn't have control over their own life and uh, who doesn't see any other option but to flip the fuck out you know and i th i think that is the real tragedy behind glitter because it's not the movie's obviously not her best work it's not the best movie but it's also not nearly as bad as people make it out to be and like put yourself in mariah carey's shoes you spend the entire year working on this project only to have the people working on it with you conspire with your abusive ex-husband to give it to another artist. Uh, you, you keep powering on. You change that single. You're still working on this project. You go on TRL and give out ice cream and America decides you are batshit insane <laughs> because of that. And then a few weeks later, your hometown is where 9-11 happens. Like, it's important to keep in mind that happened in the middle of Mariah Carey's breakdown also. She is from New York City, and 9-11 happened the day she put the Glitter album out. <laughs> and then for Ugh. weeks after 9-11, she was the only thing anyone was comfortable making jokes about. Like, comedy was dead for like a month. Right. But there was plenty of space to make fun of Mariah Carey because she sold not as many albums as in a way, she usually would. In a way, she's an American hero for that, for taking that hit. Yeah. You know, for 9-11. She took that hit for us. Yeah. But just like imagine that month. Like imagine her. It's not a great month. Her stretch from like August 15th when that performance happens to like September 20th. And you realize, okay, 9-11 happened but people still have time to make fun of me. That would yeah. be like, that's going to make anyone crazy. And I think it's a bummer that people still look back on glitter as Mariah Carey being the punchline when she's really, this is like the public reaction to glitter is just kind of an extension of the abuse she got from Tommy Mottola. Like Tommy yeah. Mottola won, like that's he wanted to kill this project and he did. That said, if 9-11 just happened and I went into a theater and some guy was like, yo, my name's Dice, I'd be like, no, nah, I don't. I can't. I have no patience <laughs> for this. I have other things to worry about than Dice. Like, I get it. It wasn't the time for glitter. Uh, it's never quite the time for glitter, but it especially wasn't the time for glitter after 9-11. <laughs> no. Uh, no one cares about Dice getting shot in the heart after 9-11. Oh, man, I barely care now. And that's that's another thing to add to Mariah Carey's bad month. 
this movie and album both were supposed to come out in August of 2001. And then because of the ice cream incident, they both got pushed to September 11th. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a bummer. Yeah. It's not like the worst thing that happened to someone on 9-11, but it's. Uh, no, I think she's the true victim of it's her? the yeah. attacks yeah, yeah. on September that's, 11th. That's, that's, that's who their New targets York were. were this Mar- this Mariah Carey. Film glitter. Tommy Matola did 9-11. <laughs> so this movie, I, I don't know. I would just recommend people watch it because I think you'll see that it's not as bad as it's been made out to be. It's not a good movie. It had legit good, like it opens and I was like, ah, this is, this is kind of neat. Her with her mom and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it just get real boring. And then, and then it ends and you're like, oh, this is kind of neat with her and her mom. It's just uh, all the stuff in between. The scene where Terrence Howard breaks in her apartment, I thought was pretty good. Like, yeah, I felt like she did a good job in that moment getting choked by Terrence Howard. <laughs> yeah. She she took yeah she took getting choked by Terrence Howard really well. She I I think she's good in this. Uh, yeah. Th- yeah, this isn't a bad movie. It's just badly written. Yeah, it's, like the writing is the problem. It's it's badly written. The way the the song she sings at the end comes together is dumb. Yeah, like, where they they just both are working on separate songs and then they end up being the same song. I think right. that was the idea. Like, Oh my God, he love. was writing music for this the whole time. Yeah. She had, she had a real spiritual connection with dice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have preferred if he just like died of an opioid overdose in that yeah. moment. And then Terrence Howard still walked in and shot him in the chest. <laughs> <laughs> to be sure. To, he looks, Terrence Howard shoots him in the chest, looks directly in the camera and says, you have to be sure. <laughs> We can't risk dice coming back into this movie. Yeah, but uh, dice. Yeah, the the music in this is really good. I think people would be surprised by how good the glitter album is. And it, I'm not the only person who says that. It there was actually uh, when Mariah Carey's last album came out, there was a movement on Twitter called Justice for Glitter, yeah. and glitter actually made it to number one on the iTunes charts in. A bunch of countries, including the United States, it's had a, a bit of a critical revival because it is kind of the template that most of pop and R&B music follow for the rest of the decade. Mariah Carey just did it first and people hated her for it. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I looked up uh, the actor who played Dice. You guys Terrence Howard shoot him in the chest. Yeah. Well, is Ter- Terrence Howard's an empire, right? Yeah, he yeah, sure is. This guy is also in Empire. He's been in three episodes. <laughs> so maybe? <laughs> um, oh, I hope he was so. also in The Outsider on HBO. He's also uh, super British. So your accent, uh, Adam, not far off. He's got that face. Yep. He's got that untrustworthy European face. Can I tell I you what like. his full name is? Is it Julius Dice Black? No, but it's super British. It's Maxton Gig Beasley Jr. Of course it is. <laughs> Fucking Maxton. Yeah. No, I like Dice better, I'm afraid. Yeah. Dice. He doesn't. He, it, Terrence Howard does not get caught for for Dice's murder. No. Well, they probably found out, but they're like, eh, but yeah, whatever. We're going to let him go. Yeah. He did a public service. <laughs> it's just Dice. It's just Dice. Yeah. That, I like that part. Terrence Howard, like, they should have just given him his $100,000. And I say they, it's Dice that, like, <laughs> right. they make it clear that Mariah Carey, whose name is Billy in this movie, did not, was not aware of the, the arrangement between Dice and Timmy, which is Terrence Howard's name in this film. It is, yeah. Timmy! <laughs> oh, shit. Um, any final thoughts on glitter? I just just want to reiterate, just reevaluate it now. Like, just if you think it's the worst movie of all time, just watch it and you'll see that it's not. Yeah, it super and, isn't. I don't. I think we just wanted to dogpile on Mariah Carey when this movie came out. Yeah, and if you look into the details behind what was going on in Mariah Carey's life, she is the last person we should have been dogpiling on for Listen, comedic the, the nation needed to heal and we we healed by dunking on mariah carey for an entire month we healed through unrelenting misogyny <laughs> that's right <laughs> works every time it's what we do nation's mourning 
let's hate a woman. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Like it's yeah. and the album is legitimately good. The movie is not great. The album is really good. And what happened to Mariah Carey around this was a travesty. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. It's a fair assessment. Uh I, I actually I honestly don't <sighs> I'm not, I have no anger towards this movie. Like it, the worst thing about it was the first hour was kind of boring, but watching it, I was thinking like, if you're a really big fan of Mariah Carey, why wouldn't you really like this movie? Like and if I was a huge fan, I would like this movie a lot more. This movie isn't hurting anybody except for Dice, yeah. but like, you know, that's great. <laughs> Dice deserves uh, it. Yeah. It's not, it's the movie isn't mean. It's not hateful. It's not, it's not sending a negative message. It's just, uh, just a little boring. Uh, that's about it. And I think Mariah Carey fans are generally more positive toward this movie. Mariah Carey, it's interesting. She was your first ever concert. She was my last ever concert. Probably. I saw her. Oh, wow in vegas right before the rona broke out oh yeah that rona before society fell apart yep correct back when concerts were legal yep now all we have is just a a wasteland with the just podcasts yep just podcasts over a smoldering desert good for us though good for us very good for us yeah we will rule we will rule in the new world absolutely Mm -hmm. we'll be like the the dj and warriors until terrence howard uh hunts us down and executes us This is very true. Very true. I love Terrence. All I want in life is for him to prove his theory that one times one equals two. Yeah. What if it really does change everything? What if yeah. it does prove it? The world changes overnight. You're all going to be laughing it up at Terrence Howard? Nope. Yeah. We somehow proves it in the next day we all have jetpacks. <laughs> this is the biggest breakthrough in human history. That would be so nice. Oh, man. Um, well, I think that's a sewed. I think we're sure. done. I think we're all done. Adam, thank you for bringing this movie. Hey, thank you for letting me bring this movie. Of course. And thank you for watching it. It's available on Amazon Prime if anyone wants to watch it. Or no, it's on HBO. HBO, HBO Max. Oh, do I have HBO Max? Son of a Apparently bitch. Apparently we all <laughs> Probably. do. Yeah, I, I have Alex, Alex Schmidt's HBO. Uh because we have an arrangement and uh it just turned into hbo max today Mm -hmm. like when i went to watch this movie it just turned into it alex is gonna shoot you in the chest for watching glitter on his (laughs) hbo max he uh, yeah he is the uh, of our circle he is the terrence howard of the Uh, circle yeah yeah uh yeah thank you for uh thank you for letting me do it this was fun yeah, yeah, dude. yeah it's 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 uh this is your network <laughs> is there anything you want to plug no i mean okay. if people know people know where to find plug your stuff yeah yeah dave uh i'll, I'll plug our patreon patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed that's me and tom's podcast network uh you could call it a sister network to this one uh we uh we have movie podcasts and stuff you know right I do know. We do. Right? That's that's accurate. That's uh, yeah. accurate and correct. If you go on our Patreon, we have exclusive podcasts there, like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a Maniac. Mm. Uh, so yeah, check check it out if you want to. Yeah. If you check, feel like it. Check, check it out. <laughs> Chiggy check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's get out of here. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.